Good morning and welcome to a new sermon series called Whatever It Takes. Whatever It Takes has been on my heart since really the beginning of summer, maybe even before summer, as, um, as we're seeing signs that, um, you know, COVID's kind of going, but then it's kind of coming and, and, you know, there are people coming back to church, but not coming back to church. And, you know, we're just trying to find ourselves. Okay. We're, it's like herding cats. Okay. Where, where we're supposed to do, uh, how are we supposed to, you know, to continue to minister to people and how we, how are we supposed to, um, affect, um, I, I mean, uh, share the name of Jesus while we do this. And, and so with this, whatever it takes, is a phrase that, that I believe the Lord has laid in my heart about we're going to do as a church and as a pastor and as a staff, we are going to do whatever it takes to fulfill the purposes of the church, of, of obviously the, the big C church, but obviously Lake Point Church, our purpose. And if you look at our purpose statement, our purpose statement is we point people to God through a relationship with Jesus Christ his church, and his world. It's a very simple statement. That's what we do. The origins of this statement comes from the Great Commission. Now, this Great Commission, which is spoken by Christ, is in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What powers us to obey this great commission is the great commandment, also spoken by Jesus. And this is found in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So when we combine the great commission With the great commandment, we create a great, healthy church to fulfill our purpose. And to fulfill our purpose, I believe God is calling us to do whatever it takes in this season. In this season of of confusion and how we're supposed to navigate these waters, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to move forward Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church states that in order for a church to be healthy, it must be built around the five New Testament purposes given to the church by Jesus Christ. The issue is, the issue is church health, not church growth. Okay? Issues health, not church growth. If your church is healthy, if we are healthy, growth will occur Naturally, And it's not just, you know, uh, physical growth as far as numbers and stuff. It's discipleship. There's all kinds of indicators for growth. So we want to do whatever it takes to fulfill our purpose. And it's going to take a lot of sacrifice. So the main verse that God has led me to for this series, and this is a five-week series. The main verse that God has led me to is uh, found in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verse 58, just one simple verse. The Apostle Paul said this, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We are called to stand firm and let nothing move us. 
and to, to do whatever it takes. To give ourselves fully, is what Paul says. Fully. You know, we're already doing this fall a, a whatever-it-takes sort of uh, movement. As we focus on this in the summer, and as we talked about it as a staff, we're doing some things this fall, like the Wednesday nights. And we've been doing Wednesday nights, but we're, we, we looked at Wednesday nights and we said, okay, how can we make Wednesday nights more effective? And so we have put in a, a lot of work into Wednesday nights to where Wednesday nights is, is now, we've labeled it family night, to where family night is something for the entire family. We have family-style meals. We have things for kids. We have, we have improved our, what we offer for children. We have actually bought specific curriculum for the kids to be able to uh, learn and for our workers to be able to use to help grow in their faith. Our students are continuing on Wednesday nights in worship, and then we offer adult Bible studies. And we're, and we're really kind of doing a, an adult Bible study to where it's more in a, in a large group setting, but we have small groups breaking out in tables. So there is a vision there for doing whatever it takes. We also just started uh, the, uh, the first chapter of, of All Pro Dad um, here in Bartow County, and we do it next door in Emerson. So it's a once-a-month meeting where dads come early, they're fed Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A uh, provides that breakfast. And then dads and their kids get together and we guide them into some activities. And one of the purpose of, of, of this is to engage dads in the life of their kids and to help show dads, hey, you can do this. And so what we're doing is we're building relationships with this all pro-dad chapter. And we're going to do whatever it takes. We've got several uh, outreach opportunities that we're doing this fall. You're going to be hearing about that, okay? They're already on the schedule, and, you know, we just haven't promoted them yet. So lots of activities, lots of things that allows us to connect with people so we can build relationships and so we can invite them to church. And so that's helping to fulfill our purpose. But then there's also other purposes with discipleship and worship and evangelism. And guess what? We're going to walk through those over the next five weeks. And so it's all about doing whatever it takes in all areas of the purpose of the church. For today's message, I want us to focus on how we use fellowship how we use fellowship. So fellowship is one of the five purposes of the church. How do we use fellowships to fulfill the purpose of the church? Uh, this will in turn help you as a believer to fulfill your purpose. That's a benefit of us as a church. As we go to fulfill our purpose, you're learning, you're growing as well to help you fulfill the purpose that God has given you also. And uh, the, the, the statement that, that, that I love that really, I think, best summarizes how we can use fellowship is this. God wants me to learn to love his family. God wants me, God wants you to learn to love his family. That's, that's the essence of fellowship. 
to learn to love his family, the people that are part of the church. That is the bottom line of fellowship. And through fellowship activities and opportunities, you get to learn to love your family. And you can love in in many different ways. The Bible is filled, I think it's about 56 times that the term one another is used in the Bible. One another. I mean, there's various ones like love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, serve one another. There's all kinds of one another's in Scripture. And so the best place to do that and to practice that and put that into practice is with the church family. Is to help you and I to love or learn to love our family by praying, loving, serving, and caring for one another. And so God uses the church as a laboratory to teach us how to love. You and I were in a laboratory and we're here to learn how to love. You know, you know we're, we're, not, we're not meant to live life alone. God, God did not create us to live isolated lives. He wants us to be together. We see this in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You want to make meeting together with other believers a habit. I mean, you have habits. I'm sure we all have habits. You have some good habits. You may have some bad habits. You may have some habits that, that, you know, maybe not good or bad, but they're habits. Like, for instance, do you, have a, do you ever have the habit of just looking at your phone? <laughs> when you're bored, when you're standing in line, and you're, um, and you're just not doing anything, or you're waiting for something, and you're looking around, and you're, you're in a waiting room, maybe the doctor's office or whatever, and you're sitting around, and what is everybody doing? They're, they're looking at their phone because it's, it's like the thing to do now. It's to have it. And sometimes you ever find yourself just scrolling and you have no idea why you're looking at your phone? <laughs> I do. You know why? It's a habit. It's a habit. So imagine if you were to treat church and small group and, and those things uh, to where it's, it's, you do it so much that it's, a habit. Let, let us not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing. So there's a habit of not meeting, but there can also be a habit of meeting. And so we are created for relationships. Meeting with other believers should be the habit. So I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to mention three things today that kind of help us with our fellowship. Again, fellowship is one of the five purposes of the church, and and this is a five-week series, and today we're talking about fellowship. So, let's talk about the pathway to fellowship. The Bible gives us a clear pathway to connect to other believers. We see this in Acts chapter 2, 41 through 42. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 
And then also, uh, just a few verses down, verse six, uh, 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So if we look at these verses carefully, we actually see a pathway to fellowship, to the fellowship of other believers. First of all, God wants us to believe in Jesus. God wants us to believe. Those who accepted his message, those who believed in, in, in what Peter was sharing here in Acts 2. So we've got to believe in Jesus. That's sort of, sort of the first uh, pathway to, to godly fellowship, to be part of the church. Okay, not to, not to just attend church, but I'm talking about to be part of the family of God, the big C church. Okay, you can't be part of the big C church, okay, uh, going to heaven, you know, having an eternal home with Jesus. You can't be part of that unless you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So obviously that's a, that's a first step to the pathway. The second thing, God wants me to be baptized. God wants me to be baptized. You, you, can, you can be baptized tonight. Okay, if you've never been baptized, we, we're having a baptism service tonight after our church picnic. Would love for you to um, add your name to those being baptized. Now, we don't teach you yet to be baptized in order to, to, to be in heaven. But what baptism does, it tells others in it, that you are not ashamed of accepting Christ. You are not ashamed whatsoever. And so you're able to tell others, look, I'm part of your family. I'm with you. We're wearing the same team jersey, okay? And, and it's not just Lake Point Church. You're part of the Big C Church. And so if we follow this pathway, God wants us to believe. God wants us to be baptized. Next, God wants you to, to belong by joining a church family. You could join a church family. Now, I, I know there are people that, that continue to, to, to visit and, and continue uh, to, um, to be regular tenders and, and even serve, and, and that's wonderful. But I would, I would love for you to be able to take the next step in um, this pathway, which is join. Because it says there, uh, many people uh, join them in that, 3,000 people. And so you want to be able to be a part of it by becoming a member of Lake Point Church. And so we have member, new membership classes. We have a way that we can, we can do that. Several of y'all have, have, um, have taken that class. It's just about an hour class. And it's something that we share our, our vision, our mission, our values, um, our, our strategy, and those things. And so, um, and, and it's, I think it would be good for even those members who haven't taken that class in a while to just ask for that booklet again, just to review those things. What is our strategy? What are those things? Because guess what? They're in that booklet. And guess what? We use those to further our mission. So I want to encourage you to be a part of the church by joining. And then the fourth thing, the last thing, God wants you to be devoted to being together. We see that uh, in the breaking of bread together. And uh, they were continued to meeting together, together, together. God wants there to be a devotion for that. So in order for you to, to really do fellowship biblically as, 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 as I shared, is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to, uh, to follow up with baptism, and uh, to be a part of, of the local church, to, to dive in, to become member, to be a member, and then also to be devoted to him by being a part of the mission, by serving 
and by using your gifts and abilities. So we have the pathway to fellowship. The second thing I'm going to talk to you today about fellowship is to promote the fellowship. We want to be able to promote the fellowship, which is basically telling others about what's, what, what's going on at Lake Point Church, telling others about what you're involved in, your small group, your, what we do here on Sundays, how we're involved in the community, inviting people to, um, to the church picnic tonight at 5 o'clock at Rally Volleyball. I mean, there's lots of things that you can invite people to. And so you're able to promote and to tell others. Some people are sitting here today because someone invited you to what was going on here at Lake Point Church. And it's awesome. And so by you telling others, you're promoting what is, um, what's happening here. And it's just like when you tell others about, uh, you know, a restaurant or maybe a, a show on Netflix or Apple TV. If you're telling others about it, you're promoting it. And guess what? Many people connect with that. They're like, hey, I, I was told about this restaurant. I'm going to try this restaurant. This person said it was really good. Yeah? Or uh, I'm going to start, you know, check out this show. It's really good. That, that's how we started. That's how we started with uh, watching uh, the, the Chosen. Okay? I know I've mentioned that before. It's an incredible show. And so you can just get the Chosen app on your phone and watch it there or stream it to your TV. And so uh, someone told us about that. We started watching. It just brings the Bible to life, and it's just amazing. And so that's why millions of people are watching things like that with the Chosen because they tell people about it. And so, but, but the reason why, and here's the main reason why you want to tell people, okay? It, it, it's not to build up our numbers with Lake Point Church, Okay? I mean, God, God's the one that grows the church, and God's going to make Lake Point Church whatever size he wants. But the purpose of inviting people is this. There are people in your neighborhood, on your street, who are lonely. There are people you work with who are in isolation. There are people you go to school with, students, who are to themselves. Now, some of them may not show it, some may hide it. They do a really good job. But there is a ton of loneliness and isolation. It is now becoming really the number one issue we are facing. Bradley, uh, Bradley Baker has shared a little bit of this um, last week in his message. And so it's really becoming a, a mental health crisis, which is really, as people say, the next pandemic. Loneliness and isolation coming out of COVID. There are people that you know that need, that need the fellowship of people. They need the fellowship of good people in their life. There's lots of bad people they can choose. But they need the interaction of godly people. And you are the ones who can invite them. You can promote it. You can talk about it. That's what we do. And we bring people into the fellowship. Now, I'm going to talk more about that when we talk about evangelism, which is one of the five purposes of the church later on, okay, in a few weeks. But, but inviting people, just telling people about the fellowship, it's where they find hope. And finding hope is so important, as we're going to find out with a story of a testimony now, I'm going to introduce you to a new uh, friend of mine, Tyler Wilbanks. Where are you at, Tyler? Hey, come on up here, bro. Hey, just come over here on the stage. So Tyler 
is someone who has started visiting our church. And Tyler has really just an amazing, amazing story. And um, Tyler, how you doing? Hey, y'all give it up for Tyler. Just sing that Here you go. You All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just hold it up. Hold it up close. We're not going to make you sing. I promise. So, um, Tyler, let me just, um, first of all, just uh, maybe introduce yourself. Just tell, tell us just real quick a little bit about yourself. Yes. So, um, I'm Tyler Wilbanks. Uh, I live in uh, Cartersville. I actually purchased the house a year ago. Uh, Wendy Worley mm-hmm. and them are my neighbors. Um, I've been in the military now for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a good nine of that active duty. One now is the National Guard. Um, I have a wife. I have a two-year-old who's actually in the back right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Villarica, Georgia, so that's just a little bit about me right there. Yeah, awesome. So um, let me ask you a couple of questions. So did you, did you grow up in church? No, I, um, I've never grown up in church. Uh, church has never been anything in my life. Um, I've never even thought of the possibility of going to a church. Really? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, um, but you're in church. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. And so, uh, your first time at church, what, what, a month ago? Yes, sir. It was about a month ago. Yeah. And you, and you brought your Bible? Correct, correct. Yeah. And, and, and I believe you came, you even uh, brought the box. Yes, so I, yeah. <laughs> I have it in a section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's good stuff. Um, so... You recently had a, um, you shared with me, you recently had a breaking point. Um, what led up to this sort of breaking point, and what were some of the trigger points for that? So just tell us a little bit about that. So um, I suffer from PTSD pretty mm-hmm. badly. Um, mm-hmm. I have multiple tours in you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, and stuff. Um, I, and I've suffered from depression for a while. And uh, there was a, a recent uh, family event that happened. As, as well as stress at work and just, you know, life in general pushing down on me uh, where I chose, you know, to uh, take my life. I was at that, that point of taking my life. Um, I had the firearm next to my, my head. I was pulling the trigger, and as I was pulling the trigger, um, I heard something louder than I've ever heard before, uh, and it was a voice saying, God, God over and over again. So that's that's how I'm, I'm here today, right now. So um, literally the next day, Wendy texted me and I, she was asking, "Is everything okay?" Uh, just out of the blue, and um, that's when she invited me to the church, and that's how I'm here here right now. That's amazing. So you you so you had the point where. You're at the point of taking your life. You heard a voice say, God, God. And you didn't go through it, obviously. Correct. Like I said, um, now, I don't know if y'all know, but jets are probably one of the loudest uh, things uh, on on the planet is when they're taking off, the sonic boom. Mm -hmm. Um, Every four hours in Afghanistan, they'd send send two jets off. They'd send two jets off. Uh, and I'd be not even 100, you know, to 200 yards away from that with double air protection in. And the, that was still quieter than the voice in my head that night. Wow. That's amazing. 
So, um, did you feel any kind of sense of isolation or loneliness during yeah, that time? Uh, so, describe I, that. Yeah, literally just, um, was, I was the only, the only thing, I mean, I have a daughter, two-year-old, who means the world to me, but even that was uh, not enough at my, at my breaking point. Um, I was, I had written out my note, uh, cleaned the house, made sure you know, my uh, death, uh, death, you know, money goes to where it needs to go, and I had everything planned out. Um, I had the firearm all nice and clean, you know, ready to, you know, to use it. So I was, I was in a lonely, lonely spot. Um, there was, there was no backing out of it until I heard the voice. So after you heard the voice, you set the firearm aside. I'm assuming. Yes, sir. Um, I mean. Did you say a prayer, or what, what, what happened after that? Or So, after I heard that voice, I, um, I actually, uh, I did put the firearm away, and um, I got on my phone, and I started, uh, I started looking at some stuff, and um, I was doing a little bit of research, uh, because like I said, I've never, I've never read the Bible, I, I've never been in the church, you know, my family's not church-oriented, uh, so I was looking up, and then... Um, I was reading where, you know, God gives us the, uh, the tools and stuff to um, uh, help, you know, help one another. So I, uh, I called the VA hotline and I went and got help. I uh, got medication and, um, you know, I, I, I'm following the path that he laid in front of me right now because the coincidence are, are just, you can't make these coincidences up. Hmm. So Houston actually... He's part of this church and stuff. He uh, married me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to drill the week after I got help, after, you know, that suicide, suicidal night. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out that my, uh, my um, squad leader, the person who's over you in the military, um, is actually a pastor at a church. And uh, it's just one thing after another, like, hey, this is not a coincidence. And, you know, he pointed me in the right direction, uh, you know, Go find, you know, uh, really follow what, you know, you heard because mm-hmm. it means something. Yes. And my life means something, so. Yes. And so, um, so what you were sharing with me, at, at, I mean, at some point, you, you talked to Christ. I mean, you talked to God and just invited him, you know, into your life. And, and so, just, just describe that. Did you kind of do that on your own or? Yeah, like I, like I said, I heard the voice. I didn't know what it meant, yeah. uh, but I, I know uh, it stopped me from pulling the trigger. And the, the day after, Wendy sent me a message saying, hey, is everything okay? I noticed something, something you know, different. Uh, she wasn't being a nosy neighbor or anything. Um, she could be a little nosy, that's yeah. fine. But a good I, nosy. Yeah, but uh, she knew something was off, um, and then that's when I, you know, I asked and she invited me to the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, you know, I took every, I've t- been taking the, you know, small baby steps. You know, I, um, I, uh, I didn't know how to pray, pray to God. Um, I didn't even, knew, I didn't even know, like, what to do. So, um, you know, I started reading the Bible. Uh, somebody told me to start in John's. Somebody else ta- told me Matthew's. And I just started in the beginning with Genesis. And um, I've gone, I've gone from there. Um, but I really, it's, how do I explain this? My, like, inside, I, I, I get, like, you have, you turn a light switch off. So mm. it's completely dark. Mm. And after that day, it feels like the lights are on and, you know, they're really bright. And so, yeah, 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly how to put it, but it's yeah. like a totally different yeah. uh, from where I was at to where I am now. That's, that's a great way to put it. So do you feel, how, how does your isolation and your loneliness feel since you've been coming here last I'm, couple I'm of weeks? I'm not lonely. Yeah. I'm not. Um, I, will, I could be in the middle of nowhere right now and still not be lonely. No, no person in a thousand miles and still not be lonely because I, I know God's there. Yeah. He was, he was there on my, my weakest and most breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter if I, I get down to the, the lowest ever again and stuff, I know I will always be you know, with somebody. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so what, what would you, what advice would you give to people who find themselves in lonely places and isolation? What, what would you tell them? It's never too late. It really is. It's never too late. I'm going on 28 years of, you know, godly, no God, mm-hmm. no Jesus. No one ever planted the seed for me to, you know, follow eventually. Um, I, I literally, I've seen some things in Afghanistan, uh, even out here in the United States and, you know, in other first world, uh, you know, countries that um, will, will really make you think. You know, I was a major doubter until, you know, that night. Um, it's, like I said, I, I'm, I don't even know how to put it. Like, I, I, I'm happy, mm-hmm. you know. I, have, I yeah. have somebody now, no matter what. Yeah. I can talk to I have friends, family. Yeah. Um, I had nobody at that point. But now, I mean, Wendy, I've, you know, I've talked to Wendy. I've talked to, you know, a few people in here and stuff and, you know, let them know that, I feel like I'm a part of something now. Yeah, that's great. feel like you're a part of something. That's amazing. Uh, well, just know this. You are a part of something. And uh, we don't ever want you to feel alone. Of course, you know, God is living inside of you. God, God's doing a great, great work in you. And I think God has great plans for you. He really, he really does. That's why tonight I've chosen to be baptized and, you know, start fresh. You know, yeah. I've given, I've given my heart to God, so I'm ready to, you know, throw the word out there and, you know, be like, hey, this is my story. I was at a place of no return, but look at me now. Yeah, place of no return. Look at him now. So great. So having somebody at, at, a, at a church checking, checking in on you, that's, that was huge. Yes, that, that right there was, um, was one of the reasons uh, besides the voice and stuff. Mm-hmm. that led me, you know, to where I'm at now. Uh, if Wendy never sent that text message, um, I wouldn't be here. I, yeah. I'd probably be doing my own thing, still trying to find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she was able to, you know, guide me in that direction. So yeah. now I have my daughter in the back, hopefully planting the seed for her future. Yes. Um, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, church, there's a Tyler living near you. There is. There's a Tyler living near you that is in isolation and loneliness and just needs hope. And all it takes is telling people about where the hope can be found. Sorry to interrupt, but literally, if, if Wendy didn't send me that message, um, you know, hey, what, uh, um, you know, what's going on? I, you know, I, I've noticed some things. And... Uh, Everything I wouldn't have asked and stuff, you know, church, I wouldn't have been here right now. Um, I, I really am grateful uh, for them and for everyone in here to accept me, you know. Uh, yeah. I know I don't look, 
Uh, I've got tattoos and everything else and stuff, so. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, I want to get a tattoo, but my wife won't let me. <clears throat> So, um, you, sir, you, you spent some time in Afghanistan. Yes, sir. We so much appreciate that, and you continue to, to serve. Um, what I would like to do, I, I want to pray for you, Ty. We're, we're going to all pray for you. Um, and, and know this, you're, we're going to commit to, um, through several different ways, just to make sure that, that you have what you need to grow in your faith. And, and, and there are going to be people there tonight who are going to be celebrating you tonight with your baptism. And so, but I want us to pray for you, but I also want to pray for Afghanistan. I know Afghanistan is heavy on your heart. Um, and I know there are some families who recently got some news that they did, never wanted to get. And so we want to pray uh, just for those, um, those Marines, those uh, 12 Marines, and um, I believe one uh, Navy doctor who, was, um, who, was, who were killed. Yeah, so 13 total. So we want to pray for the, those 13 servicemen and women there and their families, and, but also uh, pray for you. So you don't have to pray. I'm going to pray. But let's all lift up Tyler, and let's pray for that together. Heavenly Father. You, it's, it's obvious you have an incredible plan for Tyler. Thank you, Lord, for, for um, I just think of that, that girl that's in the back right now. Lord, you, um, you saved her dad, and I'm grateful for that. And, uh, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you, um, you help Tyler to grow in his faith. Lord, help us as a church to, um, to help come alongside him, to say, hey, I got your back, to lift him up in prayer. And so, Lord, we, we pray, Father, that you do an incredible work in his life and his daughter. And I pray, Father, that you do amazing things in his family and beyond. Lord, we lift up those servicemen and women who've lost their lives, those family, and the, those other soldiers that are, that are there who... who they look to the right or to the left, and those soldiers aren't there anymore. We pray, Father, that you, um, that you be with those families, Father. Lord, we pray, Lord, for protection. We pray, Lord, for, uh, for those who are serving there right now. But, Lord, those families, Lord, we pray for peace, peace beyond understanding. And uh, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you, they don't, they don't know all the answers, but they can know the one who has the answers. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you speak to them, you comfort them in a way that only you can. Lord, I pray, Father, that you be with our administration, our leaders, give them wisdom and um, give them understanding. We pray, Father, that as a country, that we'll know what to do. But I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, do what only you can do, Lord, just uh, just help the evil, bring light to the evil in this world. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Tyler's heart and his life and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give it up for Tyler again. I, I just wanted to say one last thing. Um, please just reach out there, plant the seed. That's all you have to do is just plant the seed. And, uh, you know, you can meet somebody, be like, hey, um, do you know who God is and everything? I didn't, but now I do. So. Yeah, awesome. You'll be up here preaching before you know it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, brother. Love you. It takes a lot of courage for someone like Tyler to come up and, uh, and, and talk about this. 
And I told Tyler, I was like, you know, I'm about to start this series, and I'm, uh, I feel like I need to start with fellowship, how we learn to love the family of God. And, um, and I was like, your story, I think it's just going to work. I think it'd be very inspiring. And for him to share that, that vulnerable moment with us, we so much appreciate, Tyler, you doing that. So we, we talked about the pathway to fellowship, to promote the fellowship. And Wendy, you did that. Good job. I'm not surprised. Wendy likes to talk. It's good stuff. Hallelujah. So we, we promote the fellowship, but we also protect the fellowship. That's my third and last thing. We also protect the fellowship. And there's a couple of ways we can do that. Number one is we submit to one another. We submit to one another. As stated in Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And um, this will help keep the unity of the spirit as stated in Ephesians 4, 2 through 3. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit to the bond of peace. In my study through Ephesians the last couple of weeks, um, this verse in particular jumped out at me and did some, you know, did some uh, good work in my heart. So I personally experienced this submitting to one another over the past four weeks as I had to submit to the elders of our church. Uh, they had some questions about something I shared last time I preached on stage. Others did as well. Through the process, they wanted me to take um, a break while walking through these conversations. So I submitted to their authority. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was difficult and humbling. But it was important in order to keep the unity of the spirit through peace, as I just read there in Ephesians 4. Now, some of you might be asking, what is he talking about? Whether you're, you could be watching online or maybe here today. So I basically have a, have a, a statement, prepared statement that I, I just need to read. Um, it's coming from me. Nobody else wrote this. Uh, but it just kind of helps um, kind of understand a little bit. So it's come to my attention that some of the personal spiritual experiences I've shared a few weeks ago and uh, some other, you know, past things have caused some confusion and concern. It grieves me to know that something I shared has created this response. That was never my intention. To that, I apologize. So I'm still processing through these spiritual experiences and how they fit alongside Scripture. I made the mistake of processing that in a public setting. I spent many hours talking with people who I feel have a strong walk with Jesus to help me make sense of this. It's obvious that I'm still walking through that. I'm learning as a pastor that there are personal experiences that are appropriate to share with their church, family, and some that aren't, especially the ones that I'm still processing. I tend to be overly transparent in my preaching, but I do apologize. I want to personally thank our church elders for communicating with me these concerns. 
Um, these men are doing a great work. I also thank our church family for the many prayers for me and my family. Please continue to lift this up. And if any of you here today are, are, are watching online, would like to meet with me personally, feel free to set up an appointment through my email found on our church website. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm approachable. And I know sometimes it's hard for a pastor to always be approachable because, you know, the whole title of pastor, I get that. I know there are some people who feel like they can approach me with no problem. And others are like, you know, I just, it's hard to approach Frank because he's pastor. You know, so, so I just, I want you to um, make, sh- make sure you understand that, that, um, that God calls us to submit to one another. And so when, when I needed to submit to the elders, I did that out of love and because it's in God's word. We're called to do that. And so that's one way that we can protect the fellowship. We submit to one another. And then the second way we can protect the fellowship is to talk to one another. So, if you have a problem with someone, go talk to them. Now, when I say talk to one another, don't talk to others about other people. Go talk to them. If you feel like someone has, has said something against you, maybe at work or, or at school or in your family, if they said something against you or, or looked at you the wrong way, go talk to them. If someone says something you don't agree with or that offends you, Talk to them. Don't talk to anyone else but them. If you don't want to approach them alone, then bring someone with you. You know, there's actually a process that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. And it's obviously very biblical. These are in red letters from Jesus. And it says this, if your brother or sister in God's family does something wrong, go and tell them what they did wrong. Do this when you're alone with them. If they listen to you, then you have helped them to be your brother or sister again. But if they refuse to listen, go to them again and take one or two people with you. Then there will be two or three people who will be able to tell all that happened. If they refuse to listen to them, tell the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, treat them as you would treat someone who does not know God or who is a tax collector. So Jesus makes it simple. If someone says something that offends you or doesn't agree with you, go to that person. And I know that's difficult. No one likes to do that. So this goes for anyone, including me, the pastor. You know, I'm going to mess up. I'm not perfect. I'm going to get some things wrong. But let me tell you this. The devil does his best work in secret conversations. He does. He does his best work in secret conversations. We must not allow him room to work when we have a simple guideline from Jesus on dealing with conflict. So as pastor of this church, I would like for us to adopt a value statement when it comes to our fellowship. And it's real simple. Don't talk about somebody until you talk to somebody. Don't talk about somebody until you talk to somebody. Doing the opposite of this 
is gossip and unwholesome. Paul talks about that. This is Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So church family, one of the ways we're going to learn to love one another is submit to one another and then also to talk to one another, meaning go directly to them. And we, we've got people, you've got people in the church who can, who can walk with you on that. Bring somebody with you. We have elders in the church that will be glad to go with you. And, and if you, and if you uh, hear people talking, someone comes up to you, you could tell them, well, have you talked to that other person? Have you talked to them? Because if you haven't, guess what? I can go with you. We can go right now. We can go right now and we can go talk, talk with them. Because most of, most of the time, it's, it's, an under, it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes it is in, yes. But a lot of times it is a misunderstanding, miscommunication, you know, but it's one of the ways we can, we can learn to love one another. Remember, this is a laboratory. Laboratories get messy. Things spill. Things break. Things explode. And you know what? It's all going to be fine. But we definitely want to follow what the Bible says on how to deal with that. So, don't talk about somebody until you talk to somebody. So what I want to do is I'm going to ask the band to come up. And the band has another worship song we're, we're going to do and we're going to, they're going to sing. And what I would love for you to do is this, in, this, in this time, I want you to search your heart. I want you to search your heart and, and ask the Lord, God, have, have, I, have I talked about somebody rather than talking to somebody? Now, please understand this, this, is, this is not in, direct, in my direction. This is really between you and the Lord, between maybe a coworker or a, you know, students, if there's someone in your class, maybe on social media, maybe you're talking uh, about others or whatever. I mean, is there someone that you have been talking about? And it's easy to do. I've done it. Is there someone you're talking about that you have not gone to them? You know, fulfilling the five purposes of the church is on the road to church health. We've got to get healthy. And sometimes to get healthy, it takes a lot of commitment. And it takes swallowing, swallowing our pride to do that. You know? You ever been to a gym and seen some people at the gym? It's kind of funny how they're working out, you know? But guess what? They're swallowing their pride. But they're going to get better if they keep going to the gym all the time. So, we need to follow what God wants us to do. So, in this time, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to do myself, search your heart. We're going to stand in just a moment. We're going to sing, but just ask the Lord, Lord, who have I been talking about that I've not talked to? Now, just know this altar is going to be open. You can even come down the altar and just lay it before God. That would be great, but you don't have to. You can do it from your seat, but just know this, God God wants to walk with you through that. Because guess what? If you, don't, if you don't do that, it's going to cause bitterness, unforgiveness, and lots of other junk. And it can get into your system, into your body, and cause other stuff. So as we, uh, as we stand together, 
And as we sing, let's uh, invite the Lord to speak to us today.